I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charles and Live. going on here but now Reeves trying to get it under control but instead Ryan leaps it forward looking for Aguiar and now it's a clearance by Amos straight to Phyllis Kirk ball into the box oh header straight out to Aguiar Aguiar takes the shot lovely block from Amos and oh he's finished it Ryan got to the end of it nobody chased him nobody closed him down nobody put his body in the way of the shot and it's buried and Blackpool have the lead with only Two minutes left of added time. Uh, such a familiar feeling at the moment around Cheltenham. That was just this game's just been nicked here by Blackpool if we can't respond. And uh, uh, off his line, Ben Amos cleared it a couple of times, but just fell straight to an orange shirt. And uh, good finish in the end, but got him from a Cheltenham perspective. Well, from a Cheltenham perspective, it's a killer blow. Maybe from a neutral perspective and a Blackpool perspective, they're going to say it's, it's a goal that was coming and Charlton have lived a charmed life for most of the game. That's the final whistle. Yeah, there we go. Finished here at Bloomfield Road. Blackpool won, Charlton nil, and a game which, in truth, Charlton very rarely threatened. Uh, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes. I am despondent. Uh, joining me in the studio uh, is Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at least you yeah, didn't. I'm here. Yeah, at least you didn't <laughs> bloody go to it. And, <laughs> I did uh, the first time. Yeah, that's true. That yeah. was probably better, actually, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> and uh, joining the pair of us, Nathan Mother. How are you doing, Nathan? Great. Yeah? <laughs> Not living the dream no more? Nope. Giving it up. Yeah, mate. Excellent. All right. Well, positivity here. <laughs> well, Charlton 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 Charlton. We are going to look back at uh, Tuesday's uh, disappointing defeat up at Bloomfield Road against Blackpool, their first home win in five months. Um, <laughs> we're we're going to hear from Chris Solly uh, after that game. Uh, we're also going to hear on the uh, Dis to Cheer Us Up, the update from Carlton on the takeover. It's now miles away as well. Uh, so we're going to hear from that uh, later on we're going to hear from Dr Michael Shiraj from the Trust uh, who's going to look ahead to Saturday's Red, White and Black Day and then we're going to of course look ahead to the game that's coming up on Saturday as well with Fleetwood Town here at the Valley who are bottom of the forward table over the last 20 games so that, that will <laughs> change look forward to that yeah, um, back yeah we're going to hear from uh, Rosie Swarbrick who writes for the Blackpool Gazette and again we're going to hear from Carlton as he previews said game but uh, as you just heard there we heard Jimmy Ryan's last minute winner for Blackpool against the very lacklustre Addicts um, uh, anyone who's listens to the show knows I think I tend to err on the side of positivity normally 
Uh, those, those last two games have done it for me now. Like I feel, I mean, that Tuesday was such a nothing performance. I, I just, I don't understand where that came from. And well, I mean, I know, I know we haven't been getting as, the results we've wanted over the last few weeks. But Saturday's capitulation in the last ten minutes and Tuesday's performance for pretty much most of the game, other than a, the, the twelve minute added time spot at the end of the first half, we had a couple of chances. I mean, that was bad, and that sends a really bad signal now for the rest of the season. Yeah, we're. As far as I'm concerned, we're done with this season now. I, uh, like you, tend to be fairly positive, even off the back of Saturday. I was trying to look at positives in the performance, but it, like I obviously wasn't there this time. But I listened to the game, and usually, even when we have like a boring game, Terry can make it sound quite exciting. Uh, but there was just nothing for him to even try. Like there was just no chances. There was nothing. You could just tell how flat the performance was. It came across on the radio. Obviously, when you're there seeing it, everyone who's there said the same thing, and it's just. We needed a reaction, uh, and we wanted a reaction Saturday. We didn't get it. He said he wanted a reaction at Tuesday night. He hasn't got it either. I don't know if they've lost confidence in Carl. I don't know if they've just written the season off. I don't know whether it's the takeover that's messing with them all, but something's happened. Something's happened over the last couple of weeks because when we won those two or three in a row, um, we've started to think maybe we could get back in there. We got back in the playoffs for one week, and then ever since then we've just looked lacklustre and... Yeah, like I say, I tend to be fairly positive, but I've just written the season off now. I think mm. I can't see us getting back in it. Naif, yeah. are you feeling any more positive? I mean, I mean, Tom, Tom is saying that he's, he's written the season off, but in terms of points, I mean, we're, we're so we're now five points off the playoff places, still with a game mm. in hand. Obviously, I think that's going to be the Shrewsbury game uh, away from home. Mm. Um, I mean, is, is there anything that you can cling on to now? Yeah, um, to be fair, you know, it's still in our hands. We've got all the big games at home, but... If you're looking how we're playing at the moment, there's no way we're going to go. Our, our form will have to turn around insanely for us to do something now. And, you know, I'm sure every single one of us hope it does. Of course we do. But the thing is, is after the Peterborough game, Carl come out and said, you know, if no one wants, if no one fancies it, then they can go on holiday for seven weeks. Well, it looks as though, from what I heard, that everyone did, yeah. but actually turn up to the game. Yeah. But um, they turn up to the game and were still on holiday. So a reaction if that was you know obviously I wasn't there but obviously I spoke to uh, obviously Benji on Twitter and obviously I was t- texting you but it's just disappointing and um, and the, the the gutting thing is is I, I text Terry after the game and, then he said, and I said is it, was it really that bad and he said yeah it was and no one likes losing but if you lose but you show a bit of bit of oomph about yourself then you can always you know and you could just say oh we were just outclassed or outplayed you can you can forgive that but I think when when it doesn't look like you're trying at all, which obviously I'm sure they were, but from the outset, it was, obviously it looked like they wasn't, and that's for me. We, I'm starting to be in the camp of sort of, yeah, that's done now. Mm. I mean, in so. particular, the, the team news on Tuesday. I mean, so, so we saw that 25 minute cameo from Michael Zyra where he played well up front at uh, Peterborough on, on, on Saturday, got his goal. Um, so he, he came in to start. Lewis Page came back, the world's unluckiest footballer, who's now uh, got a concussion within the first 10 minutes or so. Uh, and now is going to be out for at least a week as well. A nasty one on, on Nathan Delfonso as well. So ho- hopefully he'll be all right. Um, you know, Bauer came back into the lineup and Ben Reeves as well. I mean, these, these all felt like fairly positive changes. Mm. Um, McGuinness was put out onto the wing, Zyro up top, like I said. I mean, on paper beforehand, I was looking at the reaction on Twitter to the team news and people seemed fairly happy with it. But I mean, and the start of the game was really punctuated by these injuries. I think Konza mm. went down for us. I think Robertson, or whatever his name was, went down for them. And then there was this big, well, I say this big break for... 
for, for the two players, Page and Delfonso, clashing heads. But, I mean, we never really got going in that first half until the 12 minutes of injury time when we had our best spell of the game, when we had a couple of chances. Zyro had two chances with his head that, that he was unable to convert. Uh, and uh, Forster Kasky lifted a shot over over the bar. But I mean, other than that, it was Blackpool who were on top, and, and your Amos was, was keeping us in the game. And you go into a team that hasn't won at home for five months in the league, and you're expecting to, you know, this is your this is your, one of your last chances now to make a statement. We've talked so much about the games in hand, uh, how important they are, and how how we're sort of using that as a buffer to think, oh, we will get, we can still get back in the playoffs, and that was one of them. And the perform, I mean, the performance was just like. The body language, the body language of some of the players was so bad. Some of the players you wouldn't expect it from as well. Yeah, and I think that that's the thing that's the most concerning. I think a big issue for, for lots and lots of people, and I think some of us at times included as well, has been formation. Um, that really, really bothered me on Tuesday night. Um, and I've, yeah, my opinion of that uh, and of not of the manager entirely, but that's starting to change as well. But if we forget all of those individual things it is it's that the attitude of the players and the lacklustre nature of the performance and we watch the behind the scenes stuff that they put out on Valley Pass and you hear him talk on a Thursday and you hear about the, the mood in the camp and you see him doing all the finishing drills and stuff but we're, we've got nothing up front like Josh works hard um, and he's had to work hard pretty much on his own all season um, Ricky obviously weighed in with goals at the start as did Tariq but you look at the goals for uh, compared to all the other sides up there, and we're nowhere near. Um, on top of that, whilst Ben has been one of our better players uh, throughout the whole team, we've conceded a lot of goals as well. It's just, when you look at some of the stats like that, we're probably where we expect to be. But what, what as Charlton fans, we see, we see the quality of the players and what they can offer, and we think we should be higher, and I think rightly so. And At the start of the season, if we listen back to the first couple of podcasts, we probably said playoffs minimum as an expectation. Now, yes, we've had a lot of injuries and yes, there's been all kinds of other things that have gone on, but I stand by that. And if we don't finish in the playoffs, which I now don't think we do, I regard that as a massive failure. The the, the start of the second half pretty much continued uh, in the same vein as the majority of the first half, other than that 12 minutes of of injury time, whereas Blackpool doing most of the attacking. And it took us... Uh, until the 74th minute to force our first corner and Blackboard had 14 at that point and just showed it how, how the, the, the spell of the game was going I think Solomon was running at Solly a lot and Solly got injured at the start of the second half so we lost two players to injury as well which obviously doesn't help but you know, I, with about half an hour to go I just sat there thinking they're going to score at some point this has got 1-0 written all over it I didn't think uh, they'd wait as long as they did uh, and, the, and the goal when it came I think Amos had, had actually played pretty well throughout the game but he'll be very disappointed with the way uh, he, he kicked it. I think uh, the I think the idea he said was he was trying to come out and play it forward because we were in injury time and we did need three points. So whereas normally if it was ten minutes into the game, he probably would have put that one out for a throw. But he tried to play it forward by the sounds of it, got it horribly wrong. And then you know, I mean Blackpool had three bites of that cherry and uh, a good finish from Ryan. But I think it's some it just summed up our performance that we're going to concede to a scrappy goal. It was a, it was a dreadful game of football as well that adds to it as well. Horrible horrible pitch which didn't help like I say, but. I mean, when when that goal came in, it certainly. I mean, Blackpool certainly deserved their three points. Yeah, no, exactly, and it's, it's unfortunate. As a goalie, you're always going to be the last line of defence, and if it, if you muck up as a goalie, nine times out of ten, you're probably going to concede. But yeah, I mean, he made an error, but we did have another ninety odd minutes to try and fashion some chances and try and go one up against like a like you said a team that. Wasn't you know? It's not Shrewsbury, you know. It's not they're not banging form or anything. How I many five months they won at home? Yeah. So yeah, he's made a mistake, 
But how many more times are we going to be sitting here saying, oh, we don't score enough goals, we don't do this? It's the same story. It's been the same rhetoric that we keep saying every week. And it must, it's like starting to get boring. I just keep saying, oh, we can't score goals, we can't score goals. And we, I, I don't really know the sort of answer for it. I mean, I mean, I picked up on the fact that so the last ten minutes of the game at Peterborough, followed by this performance. I mean, that really has me questioning what the hell's going on because, you know, that that was a capitulation in the last ten minutes. I said it on Sunday, and I say it again. You know, we were fair enough. It might have been a fairly even game going into those last ten minutes. We can see two goals like that, and then to follow it up with a, a what looked like a really disinterested performance. So I know I'm sure they are trying, but it's just the body language when things weren't coming off you know they, they really didn't see themselves and that was hugely disappointing I just I mean do the players still believe they can make it I don't think they do no and I think what's difficult is we've suffered a lot with this over the last few years about players who we don't necessarily think really care or want to be here necessarily or see us as a stepping stone to something better I think when the players came in this summer we saw a different side and we saw players that did care that did understand what it meant to play for us that uh, played nice attacking football they were exciting that were a good unit you know they spoke about it even themselves about how close the group was and that it hadn't been like this for a few years and that's just all fallen apart now as I say whether something's happened behind the scenes um, whether Carl's lost them whether the sale of Ricky in January whether they just don't think they can make up the gap whatever it is something that must have gone on because as you say the, the performances up until that point were okay they weren't brilliant but they were okay and then bits of Peterborough alright but as you say to lose your heads like that and completely bottle it at the end um, and then the performance up there just there was there was nothing to get excited about listening to it um, listening to the commentary it's, it's a real concern and uh, Carl's got to take a lot of responsibility as I say my opinion on him is changing um, in terms of what he can offer um, but the players have got to take a huge amount of responsibility as well because they're the ones that go out there and do it on the pitch and I mean we'll hear from Solly in a minute and he made his feelings perfectly clear but it's all well and good saying it they need to prove it and again I'm not even going to say we've got a chance to put it right Saturday because we've said that time and time and time again but they need to go out and prove to the fans at least that they, they care and they're prepared to put in a, a performance on Saturday Right well let's hear from Chris Solly now he came to speak to us uh, in the tunnel at Blackpool after the game on Tuesday. Uh, we wanted to know, you know, with, with the Addicts now five points away from the playoff places, does he still believe that Charlton can make it? As a player, there's no point even looking at the table. If we ain't going to win games, then there's no point looking. But obviously, we still feel like we're in a position to get there. But unless we start winning, then nothing's going to change. So it's all on us, really. Still in our own hands. If we win enough games, we'll make it. If we don't, then it's simple as. And uh, fans travelling up. A few hundred managed to, to make the second journey up here will have will have gone away deeply disappointed, obviously. Yeah, it's an unbelievable effort from them and honestly we thank we can't thank them enough for coming up here and supporting us, but like I said it won't good enough from us and I apologise for that, but we look to put this right on Saturday now. And they'll be looking to say that uh, looking for a reaction I suppose um, uh, everybody says that after a defeat of course, but uh, three on a bounce now. Yeah. Uh, it's gotta come soon I guess. Yeah, was, but words don't mean a thing, I can say everything like the old, every cliche under the sun here but it won't mean nothing it's up to us on Saturday to put in a performance and get the points that's the only way that we can show the fans now appreciate your time Chris cheers thanks Chris obviously a lot's sort of been made of the fact that we had games in it and this was one of them tonight the players just didn't seem to be at their normal level at all today no like I was saying there like the games in hand and all this like what people talk about it means nothing if we don't pick up pick up points and put in the right performances we ain't going to go anywhere in the table if we don't get, win games so the game in hands now don't mean nothing, do they, really? 
obviously Carl rung the, the changes uh, this evening as well I mean did that have an effect is this sort of getting used to not a new system and such many personnel perhaps a little bit or no because the, the quality of the squad we've got uh, players should be able to come in and fit straight in we've got enough players when you look at the bench we've got enough quality as well if players do step in there shouldn't be a change in the quality of the performance yeah. Chris I was just going to ask um, at full time you know, what was that mood like in the dressing room what after the game yeah. of course like just silence obviously everyone's disappointed we've spoken so much over the past few weeks about what we're going to do what we're going to put right and we, we haven't done it so we've let ourselves down everyone knows that so like I said now yeah. words won't mean nothing it's our performance now that's going to change it and the performance is just going to win win the fans back and get them back on our side yeah. is there a points target you think that will you know if you get a certain amount of points you'll be in the top six have you got like a I think it's 17 or no, I, I, no nothing in mind literally we've got to win the next game if we, like I said if we don't win games we're not going anywhere so we have to start on Saturday we have to win Saturday and then focus on the next game after that Live. Welcome back to Channel Live. That was Chris Solly speaking to us in the tunnel after the defeat at Bloomfield Road uh, against Blackpool on, on Tuesday evening. We had some uh, some emails and some tweets in uh, about that game and about the, the the things going on at the moment. First one comes from Mark Newbury. Evening, chaps. I don't want to hear how good we look in training. I don't want to hear that we go again. I don't want to hear that it's down to the force changes. All I want is silence until a win comes. Uh, well, that put me out of a job, actually. So, sorry, Mark. Uh, Solly uh, should never have been risked on a sand pit surface. Page is a liability. Uh, the goal is Amos's fault. He doesn't make many, but it, uh, but this one cost us. Uh, why Reeves gets a start is probably an MK thing with Carl. Bottom line is, uh, I agree with something Nate tweeted earlier in the week. There's something going on in that dressing room. Uh, possibly Carl's lost it after he's... Uh, take the rest of the season off comment or the players have stated a preference to go 4-4-2 and he refuses to change I'll accept losing to Shrewsbury as they were better but to go down to Blackpool and Peterborough just reeks then, uh, then it's maybe later in the year uh, for the new owner great only the announcement of Katrine back with a new sofa would top uh, <laughs> this week just for your, your email Mark here yeah, it, it weren't a great night on Tuesday Mark Chalice says uh, Robinson told me himself last season we have a top two wage budget with this in mind in any other normally run club would he have survived this sort of form and he gives us the um, 20 game form table of which Charlton are 20th uh, in that 20 game form table I mean we've, we've had this conversation in a, in a normal Roland season he probably, he probably would have been shown the door by now because uh, oh. of this form. Without a doubt, he w- he would have been. I reckon he would have gone, been gone yeah. after South End game. I was going to say South End, yeah. Probably. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that I would have agreed with how quickly we fired managers, but I think under a normal yeah. Roland situation, yeah. he probably would have been shown the door. It's weird. It's weird how we both knew that South End yeah. was the game we'd have been set. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That is well weird. But yeah, no, he would have gone ages ago, and we probably would have gone. Some I don't know, Carol Fry the second return or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Jose but, back again. Yeah, I don't. He, he's, he's surprised, but yeah, I mean, he's, if, if, he said that he, he hasn't spent any money or he's not been spent money as previous managers have. But I'm, I'm pretty sure the wages won't be mm. on, on a, a lower lower end budget. So he's probably not had the transfer fees, but he's obviously had the wages because I don't think Reeves is going to be cheap. I don't think Zairo would have been cheap. Um, but yeah, I mean, he would have gone, but. He's still he's still here, 
and I think he should still remain because I don't. I still don't think there's anyone else out there. But he, yeah, I think Roland would have got got rid of him ages ago. Yeah. Um, Nathan says it's clear to see Robinson has lost the dressing room. Uh, if it was not for the takeover talk, he would have gone a long time ago. And then London Inigiza says really prophetic of Robinson blaming the takeover or lack of it for our shambolic performance and says he's a hashtag dead man walking so uh, as uh, London Geezer has alluded to there uh, while we were in the the post-match interview on Tuesday evening it was a 17 minute interview it was a long old interview um, well, we were talking about the game of course we got a lot of stuff uh, from Carl out about the game but then I just asked him about the comment that, w- that was mentioned by in Mark's email as well about the you know on, on Saturday you said you wanted to you know the players who didn't want to be here um, the, the, you know go out the door um, and then um, uh, and I said you know we didn't see a reaction to that we didn't see the reaction we wanted to that so I asked Carl um, what he needs to do now in order to lift those players back up you said on Saturday after the game that if, if there was any player in the dressing room who didn't, didn't think you could make it then you didn't want them to be there obviously it's, it's another defeat now how will you lift them up to make sure that those players will still be <sighs> listen it's part and parcel of the job as a manager to constantly keep doing that um Listen, there's a number of things that go on behind the scenes here that, that, that need to change before we can lift that spirit properly. And there's been too many things hanging over the club for too long a time. So when something's very small goes against you, it sparks a complete negative mentality right across it. You've got players in there whose contracts are up in the summer, not knowing what's going on, who's going to be in charge. You've got players who've only got a year left that you can't afford to lose. Th- these are things that answers that I can't give my players all their agents coming into the last six weeks of the season. So you've got players that might want to move on to different things. And, and right away, you're trying to give them the right sort of message to, to say, listen, don't worry about that. But then all of a sudden you get an injury and you could be out for the season. And then you're out of a job in the summer because we can't sort a contract out. It, it, it's, this is the truth of the matter. This is, no, this is not a, a negative spin on something. This is, a, this is a reality check. And listen, if I've got to get into trouble saying it, I don't really care because it's the truth. So... Is it a case of a bit of instability at the moment with the takeover still hanging over yeah, you? Yeah, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's obviously something that we all need to... Listen, I, I've heard today it could be a lot longer than what that actually is. So we've just got to get on with it. And I don't know what that is, whether it's the people coming in. I, I don't know. I don't know where they're at. I don't know where it is. But I was told this week and then that week and then that week and... We just keep seeing to soldier on. I keep coming to talk to you, and I apologise to the fans who are listening. But I'm put in a very difficult position on a on a, on a daily basis because you're harsh sometimes um, with the questions that you ask. But this is me being real. This is me being honest. Um, I'd love to build something properly, but I just want how can you build something when you don't know what what, what corner you're turning and when you turn that corner, what's going to be facing you? Great things and, and good things are built on stability first and foremost and foundations. And um, we, we try to do that. We, we've cut back things. We've done this. We've done that, and we've created quite a good mentality around the place. But once you build that, you need something to, to take you on to that next level. Now, I think everybody's just waiting. Uh, but how long can you keep waiting? Because people's careers are going down the pan. It's as simple as that. Yeah, well, I've told today it's still completely up in the air. It could be, it could be next season. It could be so the summer. It could be two weeks. It could be a month. I can imagine. Listen, for as frustrating as what it could be for you. Sam be the man that has to come and speak to you on a, on a, on a, on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, whoever's buying the club, come on. For the for the benefit of these people who support the football club, for the players, for people who, who have a career within the game, this is something that needs to be sorted out. Um, because I can only give you what I know. I don't 
massage and ego I don't lie that's just what I'm hearing that there's still no real um, date so that's exactly what we wanted to hear just after we've had a very disappointing defeat uh, to find out that the one light at the end of the tunnel is uh, slowly extinguishing or getting further away at least um now, Coles. Uh, so obviously, I asked about the the you know the morale perhaps of, of the squad because you know up until Tuesday night we're still in that playoff race and we still are in the playoff race, but it's a hell of a lot harder now. Um, and how are they going to be lifted up again? And now Carl's saying that all this this takeover stuff and this instability, uncertainty, is putting a cloud over the club now. There'll be plenty of people who say, and Carl even says it himself. I think in today's press day and and, and elsewhere that you know that shouldn't affect the players, but at the same time he's now he's saying it does. So I mean, should it and does it? Uh, I think it probably does. Um, I think it's it's had an effect. I don't think it's an excuse for the performances. I don't think that's the reason they were so bad on Tuesday night. But I'm sure it is in the back of their minds, um, particularly those with with contracts running down and that sort of thing. We saw the same thing before when. Uh, Powell and, and Duchatelet bought the club and, and Powell was manager and there was talk about well whose contract's being renewed, who's not so maybe that plays a part but as I say it's absolutely no excuse but from a takeover point of view it's just getting ridiculous now and it's unfair on Carl um, to have to come out because he's telling us in good faith what, what he thinks he knows and what he's allowed to say uh, to a certain extent it's harsh on Richard because he's coming out and presumably telling us what what he thinks is the case um if he isn't then then i take that bit back but if he's in good faith telling us what he thinks as well then again uh, as with the decisions over the last three or four years the blame lies with roland and we carl's right in his press conference today we need answers as fans we need to know what's going on because people are spending people who don't have season tickets are spending 10 20 30 quid a game to come to games for the rest of this season if the takeover is not happening and we're not going up because the, the club's in limbo People could save the best part 150 quid and wait till next season. Obviously, he's not going to want that to happen, but it's not fair on those people to keep paying to come to games when actually the owner's got no interest in in selling or stalling it or whatever's going on. So he needs to come out and give people answers, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, Nate, we've seen the performances on the pitch over, over the last yeah, how, however long. You'd, yeah, you know, injuries aside, you know, the performances haven't been what, we, what we're hoping for. I mean. Is it fair to say the takeover is allowed to affect that? And, and you know, it, it, it probably will in terms of instability. In terms of, like Carl's mentioned, I think Atmo Kashi, for example, his contract's up at the end of the season. He doesn't know whether he's coming or going at the moment because we can't offer him a contract because there's no owner to offer him a contract. Mm. Um, but should that affect your performances on the pitch? And, and is that, I guess that's surely that's for Carl to sort it out. Yeah, I think... Um, does it does it affect them? Yes. Uh, does it affect them on the pitch? In my opinion, no. I mean, to be honest, once you cross the white, said, we said this on Monday. As soon as you cross that white line, I can't envisage people sitting there thinking, right, should I have a popper? Should I have a shot here, or should yeah. I think, oh, hang on, I wonder if Roland's going to give me a contract on it tomorrow. I don't think they are. I think as soon as you cross that white line, you're focused on the next ball you're going to play, where you position it, what you're going to do next. Mm. Yeah, you might be, you know, you might be a bit shy of confidence. But I don't see that as an, like Tom said, you can't use it as an excuse. These are footballers, they're good footballers, all of them. Like you said earlier, on paper, we're a good team. And for whatever reason, we're not playing. I don't I don't think uh, a background takeover, because it happens all the time. You know, Man United have been taken over before when they got taken over by Glazers. It's not like they just 
had relegation form and just fell down the table, was it? You know, it, it, I can't see that as an off the pitch, maybe, but I can't see it, the whole team using it as an excuse, no. Mm. I mean, obviously, the the whole takeover situation did cost us in January, of course, mm. and we weren't able to, to, to sign the players, but we know where we are now, and we've, got, we've brought in a couple of loan players that I think we were probably hoping would have hit the ground running, which, which they didn't do, and, and, and hoping for, for better performances than, than what we've seen. Now, of course... In reaction to what Carl said on, on, on Tuesday now, the coalition against Roland du Chatelet card have announced today that they're going to be starting up the uh, the protests again. It's going to start on Easter Monday uh, when uh, I think it's Rotherham coming to the Valley that day, is it? And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, and uh, then continue for, for the rest of uh, April. And also they've, they're thinking of taking it over to Belgium as well to uh, target a new hotel that Roland du Chatelet's only and obviously get get to him in his in his other life as well, his other business life outside of Cheltenham <coughs> now. I mean, he's surprised surprised to see obviously the, the, people are sort of everything sort of died down while the takeover appeared to be happening, but now it's it's uh, you know stumbling along at a snail's pace, and he, the protests are going to start again. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. I think people have been clambering for it for a little while now. Um, obviously, performances do affect the decision as well, but I think it's it's mainly down to the takeover and. The reason it stopped uh, was because we believed the takeover was happening. The purpose of those those protests is to get rid of Roland du Chatelet. If the takeover is happening, we don't need to protest because presumably he's going. If the takeover is stalling again, then we need to, or Carr believed that we need to put more pressure on to to get that over the line. And it's just uh, I said it to you boys before, but it feels like we're we're almost a year ago all over again and it's ridiculous to even think like that because this time last year we were looking over our shoulders at a relegation battle we'd had another season of two managers we had a, a manager who come in was trying to play one formation when we had players for a different formation he didn't even have his own players I mean it, it was all over the place and here we are five points off the playoffs at a relatively okay season certainly progress on last year takeover presumably happening and yet, to me and to a lot of fans, because of the last few results and because of the stalling of the takeover, it doesn't feel any better than it did last year. And it's it's the effect Roland's had on us every single season. And and until that goes, it's not going to change. So, yeah, I completely understand why they've made that decision. Yeah, Card also calling on Charlton fans to boycott season ticket sales uh, for next year until new owners uh, are in place. So, I mean, I guess I mean that's every everyone and everything at this club is in limbo because we don't know you know no, who, who who gets to set the season ticket prices at this stage I mean if Roland admitted he, he wants out then what's the point of him setting them does he set them really high does he set them really low does he keep them the same um, it's it's, just, it's a real mess and um, I mean you know comparatively this season has been much better than last year um, which I think Carl probably will take some credit for but at the same time fans are now looking at you know, fans are probably not going to give him as much leeway as I think he hopes for with with all the difficulties over him because you know fans are impatient and fans want promotion. Mm. Oh yeah, exactly. And uh, we've said it a number of times. I mean, on paper, um, we I think we're definitely a top six team. Uh, but I think the only thing that really is missing is two players, and that's a decent goal scorer and another a sort of bit of still in the middle, which I still think we lack. Yeah. Even though Ezzy's come, you know, might be playing there, but he might have to go out right back or Anthony playing there. I think I only think with two players. I mean, look at you look at all of our players. Even when when Ricky went, I don't think our squad's that bad. Yeah, we're a bit we're a bit lighter since he went, and we've changed our dynamics. Changed, but Billy Clark's been the big miss. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, we, 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 it's an improvement. I don't think no one can deny that. Hundred percent, it's an improvement from last year. Jesus, you know, he was near the relegation zone, like yeah. you said. But yeah, I think he can't. 
there's going to come a time where you say, well, we are still a top six squad. And Michael Zaro, it's not like, you know, he's gone to Barney, he's come from Barney. He's come from a decent Wolves team. He's a decent player. Mm. So. Well, Red, White and White, uh, Red and White 1905 just tweeted in saying, say, Carl Robinson uh, says we need to win seven out of 11 games to reach the playoffs. I'm very doubtful about this. Uh, but not impossible if he changed his approach in, in formation. I mean, Carl was asked about his, his formation and stuff today earlier on. Um, I mean, Tom, Tom, did you read those quotes? Yeah, yeah, I just, it was bizarre. Um, I mean, people have had, had issues with his formation for a while. Um, as I say, I, on the whole, have tried to defend him just in general. Um, but the, the quotes today were just odd. He came out and said something like, a 4-2-3-1 is, is 4-4-2. And it's like, well, well no, it's not, Carl. And uh, the number what was it he said he said uh, it, it, it is the same if the number 10 pushes up next to the forward well the number 10 pushes up to the forward because he's playing in a 4-4-2 if he's playing in a 4-2-3-1 his instruction is to stay behind the forward now yes those players have to interpret their roles and they're expected to run on and make those differences but if you set a team up 4-2-3-1 that's how they're going to play and I think actually with the likes of Zyro and a Jose there now he's got the players there to try a 4-4-2 and the the longer this goes on, the the more I don't understand why he's not trying it. I get that he's got a formation he likes and a formation he trusts, and it as a manager, when there's that amount of pressure on you and people in the ground watching your team play, it must be more comforting to stick to what you know. But sometimes you've got to be brave as a manager. That's why you get paid the money. That's why you're there to make the decisions. And he's he's not doing it. He's tried to defend the formation today, which, as I say, building on the the kind of excuses he was throwing in on Tuesday, really really frustrated me this week and. Uh, look, I have a lot of sympathy with him for, you know, we haven't got a financial director, we haven't got a CEO, he's still trying to manage Roland up, he's trying to manage the squad down, there's a whole amount going on and I'm not saying he's had an easy job and I think we've defended him a lot on this show but I'm just starting to lose a bit of patience with it because if it's not working, why aren't you changing it? Why are you mm. sticking to what you know when it's it's clearly not working at the moment? Well, he talks about personnel and stuff in, in his quotes today, I mean, he's saying... Uh, Zyra is more of a winger than a striker. Although, but, but when we signed him, yeah. he said he said he was a forward. He said yeah. he was there to play alongside Josh. Yeah, interesting. Now, obviously, the one other point that, that came up from Carl on, on Tuesday was obviously he did mention that we have no CEO, we have no chief financial officer. I mean, if we're stuck in this situation in the summer with these players who are out of contract and are probably going to leave because there's no one to give them a new contract, I mean. If this doesn't get resolved by the summer, which now I'm slightly worried it won't because of what's been said, I mean, we are going to be in huge trouble, huge, huge trouble next season. Yeah, literally, because you'd hope, well, I'm pretty sure Steve Gallen would have identified with Cole some targets they probably want to bring in on summer, but without a budget, without a transfer budget, wage budget and everything else, coaching budget, there's no way that you can get anyone and... That that's that starts January and it's like an ongoing process. It's not like as soon as January the thirty first, you know, everyone goes off on holiday and then comes back on May the thirty first and it starts again. It's a continuous process. So we've got no one who signs things off. The only person who can sign sign things off is Roland. He wants to get rid of the club, so he don't want to spend any money. And if he doesn't want to spend any money, we're not going to get any new signings. We ain't. He doesn't want to do anything. Why would he pay for something that he's trying to sell? Mm. So it, it needs to happen soon because. Like you said, we're going to be in a bit of um, what's the word up up the creek yeah. without paddle, honestly. And um, but what can we do? You know, it is what it is. 
Well, but, I think Cards are saying that what you need to do is yeah. protest. That's their message. Uh, and if you look on the Charlton Life Forum or on Cards' Twitter page, at Charlton Card, uh, you'll be able to see their statement. Bob Liscombe says, on a happier note, Pope, he got his England call yeah. today, which I was really pleased to see uh, Nick, Nicky Pope called up to England. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Life. Don't forget, when we come back, we're definitely going to be looking ahead to Saturday's game with Fleetwood Town. We're going to hear from Rosie Swarbrick uh, from the Blackpool Gazette, who's their Fleetwood Town writer, and also from Carl Robertson previewing the game. Uh, we're also going to have a look ahead to Saturday's Red, White and Black day just after the break. This is Charlton Live on your first evening. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jada Silva and now forced to Kasky looking to whip the ball in and he does and it's a really dangerous ball all the oh, way across and yes, it's in there come on it's super come Josh on. McGuinness who has put on two goals in front they've been looking for that second goal they haven't really had many chances apart from the Aribo strike early in the second half but Charlton have doubled their lead Right, last night on the telephone, I spoke to Dr. Michael Sharaj. He's the uh, he's at the, he's at the China Athletic Community Trust and is the uh, head of Equality, Diversity and Inclusion. It's Red, White and Black Day here at the Valley on Saturday. He's telling us why it's so important and how you can get involved. Right, we're joined now on Charlton Live by Dr. Michael Sharaj, ahead of uh, Saturday's Red, White and Black Day at the Valley. He's the head of Equality, Diversity and Inclusion with the Charlton Athletic Community Trust. Good evening, Michael. How are you doing? Good evening. I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. Thanks for joining us uh, on the show, obviously, Red, White and Black Day has come around again uh, this season. It's going to be held this Saturday uh, on the day of the, the Fleetwood game. I mean, why is this event and the work that the Trust do, you know, surrounding race uh, and equality so important? It's, it's really important, Louis. Um, we've been in operation now for over 25 years, so we've got a very long, uh, rich and important history of delivering a really diverse range of equality programmes. Um Back in the 90s, we did a lot of work around race and ethnicity. We also have done over the years a lot of work with different groups, including um, the engagement of women uh, in sport. We've worked with disability groups, with faith groups, and a whole range of community groups. Um, So we were one of the first clubs um, to actually deliver programmes that were sort of specifically designed to increase participation 
grouping of groups that were sort of marginalised and didn't really necessarily take part in um, sport. So, you know, we're really proud that, that we sort of led the way in this field. Um, and Saturday really marks what we do. And we've had a great season again this season. Um, so it's it's really, uh, I guess, it's sort of to illustrate the range of work that we've delivered over the last year. And what is uh, planned for, for this Saturday? Well, this Saturday we've, we've worked with a number of primary schools uh, delivering seminars on equality and inclusion uh, over the last sort of three months. And we work under the theme that we've um, aptly named All Different, All Special, All Together. Um, we deliver the seminars and the schools go away and take that learning away. And then they um, put together, they devise banners under that theme and then we have a procession from Cholton Station along Floyd Road and around uh, to the valley mm. so it's a really big sort of high profile event that really sort of brings together all the learning from uh, by the schools uh, through our programs and I understand that the fans can can get involved as well We'd love the fans to get involved. Last year, it was our first sort of big procession and, and people were coming out of their houses. When we sort of entered the stadium, people were getting up and clapping. And the, the, the children, they absolutely loved it. And, and it was such a fantastic experience for them. Um, we, we, we would so love the fans to come along, join the parade, show, show their support um, and join in. It's, it's a really fun day. We've got a, a steel band. Um, we've got music. It's it's a real sort of um, fun carnival type uh, atmosphere. Mm. And you got some Charlton legends as well. Jason Yule, Carl Lieber, and Paul Mortimer uh, are all going to yeah. all going to be there as they well. Are. And and how important is it? Do you think that uh, messages like the 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 care, the you know, the racial inequality stuff is is sport to football as such? I mean, because obviously football's got a chance to to send such a powerful message. It really does, and we, we, we get so much support from the club. Um, when we run the seminars, we had player appearances, a Q&A at the end, and it's probably the most exciting bit for the children, to be honest. Mm. However, um, without that support, without their engagement, um, it, it would the whole sessions would be sort of have less impact. So um, having that support at that level sending those powerful messages through sort of role models um there's no better way we would argue than to get that message across that we're trying to do around and ironically i guess uh, today in particular the government have just launched a, a report on what's called social integration um and that's really the essence and the underpinning of the work we do around our primary matters program with the schools um so it's quite uh, timely that um, we've got Red, White and Black Day on Saturday, the players are involved, the legends are involved and the government have launched uh, this social integration report. Silver steps in, wins it back for Charlton, comes away on a run and then feeds Fossu over halfway. Fossu on the left-hand side, They're heading towards the penalty area, looking to take on Pond. Gets in the box, is he going to fall over? No, he's got his yes. There's number three! 
So welcome back, this is Charlton Live, the big man's preview. Great to hear from Dr. Michael Shiraj there uh, about Saturday's Red, White and Black Day. <coughs> if you want to get involved uh, in the march, you can uh, meet, they're, they're meeting at Charlton Station from sort of 1.30 onwards. And we said there's going to be the likes of like uh, Jason Yule and Cole Lieburn there uh, to speak to and to meet. And obviously loads of school children uh, who, who've, who've all made the banners for, for the event as well. Obviously Charlton are uh, at the forefront of uh, racial equality and always have been. Uh, it's either last year or the year before was the 25th anniversary of Red, White and Black Day so yeah, it's been going on for many years and trying to be making strides in that arena for a long time it's something the club can be very proud of uh, and so like I say get involved on Saturday if you want to be part of the march go along with the march or even just line the route you know from down Floyd Road down towards the ground uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy it and, and send the right message out as well right it's time to look ahead to, to Saturday's game with the Cod Army as we said uh, at the top of the show, they're they're bang bottom of the of the form table at the moment, so we're definitely losing. But um, anyway, uh, as we have been doing over the last few weeks, I've been catching up with um, journalists who cover the uh, opposition for us. And uh, on uh, last night on the phone, I spoke to Rosie Schwabrick. She uh, writes for the Blackpool Gazette. Uh, Fleetwood Town writer for the Blackpool Gazette so I wanted to find out uh, how the Cod Army have been shaping up this season. So joined now on Charlton Live by Rosie Swarbrick who's the Fleetwood Town writer for the Blackpool Gazette. Good evening Rosie, how are you doing? I'm good guys, how are you? Yeah, excellent, thank you. Thanks for, for joining us here on the show and of course uh, Fleetwood are coming down to the Valley on Saturday and it's been an interesting year really for, for the Cod Army. Obviously the missing out in the playoffs last season but this season's it's been a, a, a totally different story. Struggling uh, inside the relegation zone and haven't won a game in quite a long time now. I mean, how, how have they looked this year? Yeah, it's been a very, very inconsistent season. I think uh, a lot of fans were um, infused at the start of the season. Obviously, they, they won the first three matches. So uh, it was a good start to the season. And I think, but since then, since just before Christmas, they've been on a, a kind of downward spiral. They've managed to pick up... Uh, day and got a few couple of good results just before just after Christmas just before the turn of the new year but then ever since the South End game away uh, when they won 2-1 they've not won since then um, they went on the eight match losing three and but and that saw the end of uh, Uze Rothers reign and since then John Sheridan's come in and they've had back-to-back draws and they've looked they've looked a real force going forward um, 17 attempts against Plymouth at the weekend but just for one goal so they're having the chances I think the goals will come sooner mm. rather than later well, the, were the fans surprised to see Rosler go because obviously he had done a, a fairly good job over the last few years until uh, the, the struggles this year yeah I think there was um, obviously he came in at the summer, the summer just before the start of the season last season um, and guided them to the, the highest ever league finish and a potential historic uh, promotion, first ever promotion to the championship. So they were w- within the uh, automatic promotion race on the on the final, which is a, a big deal for a club of the size of Fleetwood. Um, we were held in really high esteem, but they've been on a bad run just before Christmas, like I was just saying. And I think what he did last season held him, kept his job up safe for then, and he kind of bounced back, got them, you know, got a couple of wins in his belt. They brought him. The experience that we're lacking in the form of midfielder Tumani Diagaraja and a striker Paddy Madden. Um, but even though they made an impact, immediate impact at the South End game, after that, Fleetwood just couldn't find, you know, they went on this losing run and the game at Doncaster, 3-0 away, um, heads dropped the second goal. And it looked to all who were at Doncaster that 
it was quite clear that eBay had lost the dressing room and when you lose the dressing room in, in a perilous situation where you're looking over your shoulder at the drop zone, something had to be done and Andy Curry made a brave decision to you know, get rid of eBay and uh, bring in John Sheridan, the man who's got promote, um, relegation experience throughout his CV with Plymouth, um, with Oldham, obviously, and also at Newport County. So he's a very experienced man. I mean, what were the general expectations for Fleetwood this season? Because obviously they've had a remarkable rise over the year and had that that success last season. But as as you said earlier, for for a club of their size, I mean, they're probably punching above their weight, really. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the fans, obviously, after last season's fourth place finished, I think, you know, a lot of the fans thought they kept the spine of that squad. You know, they kept Alex Kearns, the goalkeeper who picked up a performer of clean sheets, and you've got... Uh, Kian Bolger was the player of the season in the heart of defence. Kyle Dempsey signed on a permanent deal from Huddersfield, turned his loan into a... He was one of the standout stars. He turned his deal. McElhaney, when he arrived, he came with a lot of... Um, he, he came with, a, obviously, his form for Oxford in the previous season. He came with a big as a big deal. Um, but it was the thing of the replacing um, Conor McLaughlin, the right-back of the year throughout the whole division, David Ball, the striker, is now scoring for fun for Rotherham. And um, also Jimmy Ryan, who yourself or Finn score late last night. And mm. I heard he had a fantastic game for Blackpool. You know, they lost three really experienced players in the summer. And that has been really a real problem. And it's shown as the games have gone on. Because they, they played at Portsmouth and they were 2-1 down. They ended up losing 4-1. And, you know, there's been games where they've ended up losing by four goals just because they've not had the experience said to say, look, calm down and, and chill out. And it's been uh, really evident how much they've missed those players. But yeah, there was, a, there was a feeling that, you know, maybe Russell can build on what he's already done, but it was just too young a squad at the start and inconsistencies punished them, really. Mm. And who are the men to look out for on Saturday at the Valley? Uh, Conor McElhaney. Um, the striker he scored two goals on his, on the opening day in his first on debut for Fleetwood against Rotherham but the week after he ended up with an ankle injury that's plagued him throughout the season so he's finally got his first 90 minutes of, of the season under new boss Sheridan in his first game in charge against MK Dons he got another uh, 89 minutes um, against Plymouth and I really feel now that he's, he's getting the chances he's He's not yet converting them like he should be doing, but it's one of those where you see him in the position, he's got the awareness, he's a game changer, and it's just about now him getting those goals and uh, believing in himself, really. Um, but yeah, Connor will have a big impact. Paddy Mad goes without saying, everyone who's been in this division knows what he's all about. And Ash Hunter, who sometimes gets dubbed the next Jamie Vardy, if he just watches his pepper. <laughs> so, uh, very talented strike force at their disposal. Excellent. And I'll put you on the spot here. Do you think Fleetwood will stay up this season? I think they will. I think it's one of those old cliches where they are too good to go down. It's just um, a case now of them believing in themselves. And after Charlton, this, is, this isn't the biggest game they've got uh, necessarily because after Charlton they play Rochdale, then they play, they play Northampton and they also play Wimbledon. So they're playing teams in and around them. So... This is a stepping stone now as they can keep, even if they just draw this game and keep that momentum going under Sheridan, they go into a huge three games after it, which will, I think, after those three games, we'll know whether Fleetwood are staying up or down. 
So that was uh, Rosie Swarbrick from the Blackpool Gazette. Great to give us the lowdown uh, on Fleetwood. I mean, just on then, obviously, there are, there are opposition on, on Saturday. A bit of a surprise considering how well they did last season to see how much they're struggling this season. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they're going to win at the weekend, aren't they? Well, they've scored two more goals than us this year. Yeah, they? They've scored 46, we've got 44. Oh, God. And they see us, apparently, as a stepping stone to the rest of the games <laughs> of the season. I so. watched that was a bigger game. Yeah. Well, it probably, it probably is, to be fair. I mean, so. As you said, Rosie was um, was saying that they've got some bigger games mm. coming up than so us. But, and she, but she also spoke about their, their strike force, which is great to hear, uh, considering we don't seem to clean, uh, keep any clean sheets. <laughs> and don't even have a strike force. Yeah, so uh, excellent. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Mm. Really, really. I'm yeah. going out of the country. So. Yeah. Oh, can, I, can I come? Yeah, if you want. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, uh, joking aside, it is. It's time uh, to hear from Carl Robinson as well. He was asked to look ahead to the game uh, on Saturday with the Cod Army here at the Valley. Talking to Charlton manager Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's home game against Fleetwood. Carl Charlton, one win in seven games. Fair to say you're demanding a reaction against Fleetwood on Saturday. Yeah, but we demanded a reaction um, for Tuesday, so nothing changes. This is um, another game that we're, that we're looking to win. Simple as that. Last week there was intense speculation uh, linking you with the Oxford job. Add that to the takeover talk. Do you think the two have destabilised the club? Um, no, because um, it's trying to take over. I think it's destabilised it for a lot longer than the Oxford talk. <laughs> um, this has been another club that was interested in a few months ago, but that never. No one mentioned that then. Do you know what I mean? But it's um, no, no. Were you aware of Oxford interest or is it just paper talk? Um, who do they approach you? Is it down to the agent or? No, oh, man, we're not going to. It's not a case of us, but who does anyone approach for any of our players? No, no FD, no, no CEO, no. <laughs> the lads who the lads report to who does anybody report to um, it's a simple as that it's a mystery I think they play yeah a little bit yeah a little bit going back to the team what do you put the loss of form down to is it purely a lack of confidence um, I think we were playing well I think if you look at when we were going to Doncaster we were getting a little bit unlucky in that, in that stage um, things haven't really dropped for them. I think we, we beat obviously when we beat MK, and then from then we uh, we got blown away by Shrewsbury. Um, and since, since then, I thought we performed well on Saturday, but didn't get anything at all. Um, I thought we performed absolutely horrendously on on Tuesday, and didn't deserve nothing. So I think it's been a mixed bag of performances. There's been no consistent. The most important thing when you look at it, you've conceded. Too many goals and not scored enough. That's been the story of our season, not scoring enough goals. That's been the story of our season. But we, people say it's all playing two up front. We don't really have two strikers fit enough to start. So it's it's almost been as you were. Um, and we have to find a way with that. We're still in a, in a, in a, even though all the doom and gloom, we still find ourselves in a very positive position. Not, not, not a very positive position, but still a relatively positive position and still competing with going into the last 10 games of the season to to salvage something out of the season it's not over it's not a case of being over um, but that's that's just the way football is sometimes Fleetwood are now eight games without a win 60 feats and two draws 
the perfect opportunity to put some points on the board for Charlton. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure they'll be sat there and, and rattling off one or two other components to, to our recent results. <clears throat> so, listen, we've got to be positive. We've got to make sure that we put some points on the board for ourselves on Saturday. Do you have any players back available that weren't available on no. Tuesday? No. So much the same squad then? Yeah, when you look at it, we've almost got a team out, obviously, like uh, Dylan in goal, Souls, Page, uh, De Silva, Cashy in midfield, we need a centre-back and a midfield player, obviously Mavidi, Clark and uh, and Kai Kai, and obviously Besties was out for the season as well, so you've almost got a team of players <laughs> on the sideline. Uh, but no, we've, we, uh, we've got to make sure that we, still the players who are available to be selected, have no excuse whatsoever. There's still tremendous quality in that team to go and win a game. <clears throat> So it's Carl Robinson there. Sarah, it's what you didn't say, and I watched the pre-match interview earlier, and all I could hear from Carl Robinson was waffle, 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 waffle. But what I didn't hear from Carl Robinson there was an outright denial about the Oxford job. I mean, he was asked a question there by, by Tony. It's something that had been floating around for a, a couple of weeks. He did deny it a couple of weeks ago, but it wasn't the, the, the quickest of denials this time, was it? <laughs> nah, shady. I thought that was really shady. Um, I thought I, I thought it was too obvious for, for everyone not to pick it up, because mm. he started... <laughs> first off, <clears throat> he was shady, and then he... Then he sort of turned it around, saying, "Who would we? Who would we speak to if someone offered our players?" Well, I don't think the question was about the players, and I think even Tony even re- re- repeated his words about, you know, do you know anything about the paper talk or whatever? But I don't know. Am I reading too much into it? I don't think so because it, it just seemed really awkward, and he just seemed to fidget a lot. Well, he's clearly not too happy with the way things are going at the moment <coughs> in terms of the, the takeover and things above him so you do wonder if his head might get turned or if he might be interested yeah the way he's looked in his last few press conferences uh, possibly even since January he's just looked fed up I mean I think like we say he's had a tough job I think he knew to a certain extent what he was getting into but there was that light at the end of the tunnel that there was yeah. going to be a change and maybe he just thinks well you know what that change isn't coming if, if it's not going to happen till the summer then you don't even know what investment you're getting then and maybe he thinks well how far can I really take it? and it, it just so it's, it seems so much like it was rubbing off on the players I and mean, that's what I was certainly saying on on Tuesday after after that interview with Carl where he was talking about the takeover a lot it, it, I mean if that was his sort of I mean if that's where his headspace is at the moment annoyed upset frustrated it certainly seemed to reflect in the performance from, from the team on Tuesday. And that's, I mean, whilst we're just about hanging on to the playoff race with our fingernails, um, you know, we, we, we need, you know, we, we need to concentrate on the pitch, and, and that's what we will turn our attention to now on Saturday. So, obviously, we're not going to have Solly now. We're not going to have Page. So, likely Saar to start a left back. I mean, Zyro started on Tuesday was. You know, back back to unfortunately we'd been previously other than the Peterborough game. So, would you start with him? Do you put McGuinness up top? I mean, how how do you see this one going on, on Tuesday in terms of lineup? Uh, if it's for me, I I go four four two and I play McGuinness and Zyro. But if we're being realistic, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, I think he'll probably go McGuinness up top um, and go for his normal four two three one. Yeah, and I mean, in, in terms of personal, I mean, we saw Ben Reeves start again on on Tuesday. I don't know what Kai Kai situations going to be it sounds like he's, he's not going to be because Carl said there's no one new coming back so is there much <clears throat> manoeuvrability really um, well I don't see Zyro starting no uh, because I don't I think Carl said that he didn't want him to play 90 minutes the same as Reeves and they, they, they didn't know did both of them play 90 minutes Reeves and Zyro uh, from memory I think yeah they did yeah. yeah so I don't think he planned to play both of them so I'd be surprised if both start Josh, I think Josh will come in uh, and we'll go 4-2-4 uh, f- uh, four, four. 
<laughs> no, he'll probably claim it's a four two four after the game. Yeah. I mean, Marshall, Marshall came off the bench on, on, on Tuesday, and you, you think yeah, he'll be starting. And yeah, but I mean, is there is there anyone that I mean, you're just trying to think about now? Is there anyone you desperately wish would would come into the starting lineup that isn't currently? He's the only one. Well, yeah. I think Anthony will come in at right back. I think. Yeah. I, do you know what? I'd, I'd push Arebo. I think I've said it all year. I think Arebo's wasted in that DM role. Yeah, he's got to be. Put, I'd put him in the number ten because he's got a bit of pace. Look what he's done against Blackpool at home. He drives in the box. And he played well in that position yeah. away at Milton Keynes as well, of course. That's but what I not mean. so much against Peterborough. So yeah, but I'd, I'd put him there, and then you'd have uh, who, who would be the DMs there? Then who am I, who am I missing out? You'd have Ezri. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. But I'm not a manager, and I like four four two. So, <laughs> uh, so I mean, how <laughs> important? I mean. Are we in the playoff race still? Is the final question. <laughs> I think technically we are. Yeah. Like, if results go our way at the weekend, if again, and it's a massive if, we're what two, three points off them again, yeah. and suddenly everyone's like, "Oh, we could get in." But for me, no. I mm. think the way the squad's playing, I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. So. It's, the, it's the games in April, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, like I said, we, it's going to take a massive turn in our form yeah. and like for Carl us to win said, all those games. Carl said it, 70 odd points will get you in the playoffs. Well, we'd need to win, I think, seven of our remaining games. Uh, and whilst that is possible and other teams have done it it, it just ain't going to happen we've got mm. so many big games and we're so poor at the moment that I just don't see it happening mm. yes it's possible but I don't, I don't see it myself right now if what are you thinking <laughs> cashy back bet have you have you got a couple of you <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I might even just do a bet that we avoid defeat lose to nil yeah well this they score goals so I, yeah. I reckon I reckon it's going to be a draw I reckon it's be like I think it'd be like a Desmond I think both teams can see goals they score more than us but I think it'll be one or 2-2 two, yeah. two, two, two I'm going to go for yeah uh, Tom yeah. what's your prediction I think we'll lose yeah yeah uh, what should I say <laughs> one <laughs> seven <laughs> nah I think like one nil one nil some rubbish little game yeah excellent oh, I hate to think what the atmosphere will be like if uh, if that if that is the case <laughs> Uh, but as uh, David Norris keeps tweeting out, uh, keeps pointing out on Twitter, uh, if you're a team that's bang out of form at the moment, come and play us because you'll yeah. get you win. Plymouth have done it, uh, Gillingham have done it earlier on the season. Southend did it; they was only winning eight or nine uh, uh, around Christmas, and then uh, the same for Oxford United when they came from two one down in the last few seconds as well. Right, uh, we've run out of time here on Charlton Live, the big match preview. We will be back here in the studio uh, on Sunday to look back at whatever happens against Fleetwood, and also to look back at the FA Cup quarter final for the women's team, which I'm going over. To on Sunday and I hope as many of you can join us uh, there away to Arsenal which who play up at Boreham Wood uh, in the women's game it's a great occasion for the club so uh, I hope to see as many of you there as possible right Tom and Nay thanks for coming in cheers, cheers boys sorry. I've been Louis Mendes this has been Charlton Live the big match preview we'll be back on Sunday let's hope that Charlton somehow get those three points on Saturday Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.